You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Owen Cruz has mentioned this a couple of times on, on the score. You know, he always references the, the John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson sequence, which was on NFL films. And it was a fourth down and, it, and John Harbaugh is overheard or mic'd up and saying, hey, what do you like here? What do you like here? And and I don't don't think we have many examples of Justin Fields connecting with his coaches in that way, which made me openly wonder. And I, I wasn't trying to be controversial or or uh, but this morning on the radio, I was wondering, like, so what kind of relationship does Luke Getze and Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus have? Because all the times that we talk about, well, why don't you ask him what he likes and, and, and what he would like in this situation? You don't really see that because is that, is that kind of give and take? Do they have that kind of rapport or relationship? I really don't know. Yeah, I, so I answered a similar question to this with uh, the afternoon show. Uh, the midday show on 670 the score on Monday afternoon. And my answer to that is that like, I think that the relationship between Justin and Luke has been strong from the start. And I think they have open lines of communication. I think they respect each other's candor, respect each other's honesty and are always working in a direction um, where they both know they're about the same things. And the, the, the thing that they're about is success, success for the team, the growth of the individual. Um, and so like, I, I can't comment on what footage is available of their sideline conversations, but I can promise you it's productive. Um, and that they, that, that you know, like I, I said earlier today that I, I feel like Luke has been made into this boogeyman by a lot of people who are looking for a scapegoat for why the bears are three and eight and why they haven't got over the hump. But you look at any, any measure and you say like, this has been a, a team that has run the ball as well uh, as most of the, the best teams in the league. They have converted on third down at a high rate all season. They've been good inside the red zone. I, I think I put out a tweet over the weekend that, that they were one of three teams that rank, ranked in the top 10 of those categories. And the other two were the 49ers and the Ravens, who are really good football teams. The Bears also put together a game plan yesterday that allowed them to control the ball for more than 40 minutes, allowed them to score points on six of their first eight drives. If Luke Getze is such a terrible offensive coordinator, then how are they possibly overcoming how terrible he is to have this brand of success? How are they unlocking Justin for a 104-yard rushing day? How is he in a groove after 35 days off to come in and seem like he hadn't missed a beat and get in a flow the the, the first drive of the game? You know, and like you said, like how do you kind of read a quarterback for how his days are going? There are a lot of days where you can see early like uh oh Justin's not there yesterday Sunday afternoon was not one of those days that flow was there 
early and I don't think it ever really dissipated to be honest with you there was no uh prolonged stretches where you're like okay you know he's gotten off track and and, and it's just gotten clunky here so I don't know is, I, I think your numbers about gets here interesting but I do think he's also one of these guys that kind of like hey everyone this is Brett Boone would you know it I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year tune in as I sit down with my friends some of the biggest names in sports media entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations as you know baseball's been my life it's been in the family for a long time but it's a lot more than that here it's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, he, he seems to strike out with the bases loaded a lot, even though he might be hitting 300. I, I think he's one of these guys that, like, misses the open three or a layup when he might be averaging 17 points a game. I mean, I understand. I understand. I'm that, just trying to debunk this myth I, that, that he's, like, the sole uh, factor in why the Bears are a bad football team, which has been, like, it's been a, a mushrooming talking point for like two and a half weeks now. I know, where, I know, I know. And, and it was, and, and immediately when that game ended yesterday, th- that's where all the ire went, right? The, yeah. the ire immediately went there, and it was like, do you see that the the, the 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 defense led by the defensive head coach gave up two touchdowns in the final four minutes and fifteen seconds, including the first touchdown drive where the Lions went the last fifty-one yards in thirteen seconds. You I know, like I just look at, I just look at the guy. I just look at it. I know this would be a good. I'm, I'm going to come up with a list of like the most vilified offensive coordinators in the last 25 years of sure. Beardom. Well, yeah, I mean that that's he's definitely at the, near the top of that list. I, I do wonder two things: if Luke Getzey gets fired in four weeks, sure, is he hired in six? I mean, is, is he going to get another good job? Is he going to get another bite? Probably he's a, he's a coaching life for these guys always resurface. But I wonder in what capacity. Uh, I don't know if he, th- th- you know, my analogies may not have been the greatest, but I, but I do think he has a tendency to not take what is obvious and to maybe miss those opportunities to do that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's an ongoing conversation. I think it probably is going to be a moot point as well because I don't know that he's going to be somebody that um, is able to survive this either because of how bad it is because the numbers are just going to be too bad for Matt Eberflus to explain away. This is slightly tangential, but but related to the offense because there were two sequences after first half takeaways that I think um, – really hurt the bears you know you go down the field on the on the first drive of the game and you score a touchdown you come back on defense and you get a takeaway the tyreek stevenson interception and you put together a pretty good drive after that and it's first and 10 at the lions 38 and you've got a chance to really sink your claws into a game early on the road and the sequence after that was a run to deontay foreman for six yards which looks like brian branch had some sort of run blitz on and totally smoked darnell mooney right off the snap and took uh, Foreman down for a loss of six. Now you're behind the sticks. Well, guess what? The next play, DJ Moore runs a poster out and it's open and Justin overshoots him by three yards. And everybody post game said, yeah, Justin overcooked that one. And he shot it too far and we missed an opportunity to score. And then the last play was a shot over the middle. E- even at third and 16 from the 44, you've got a chance to get a chunk back and get into Cairo Santos range because he's been automatic and he's perfect from 50 plus this year. And that play on third and 16 was batted down at the line of scrimmage. And all of a sudden you're punting rather than turning that, that takeaway into points you're punting. They got another interception off of golf from TJ Edwards early in the second quarter. And there were only three plays on the next drive. And it was a Justin Fields zone read for minus two, actually only two plays, then a delay a game 
<laughs> which as you talked about earlier was a problematic thing and then a short pass to Tyler Scott who then fumbled you know what I mean and so like these, there are moments here where you're like man like uh, this, this when when you and I spent all of last year about talking about how to learn to win it's not always just in the fourth quarter sometimes early in the game you have to seize the opportunity to really put a team uh you know back against the ropes and 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 they didn't do it and those were two moments that I think come back to bite you in the moment you're not you're not shouting at the, the the person you're watching the game on like oh no they're doomed but you go back through it on the rewatch knowing the end result and you go that's a, a critical lapse offensively that ends up costing you that's a clue right 